0: back from california and at our new home in las vegas the las vegas raiders are five and three after an insane game a classic battle between the chargers and the raiders that the raiders were able to hold on to against the los angeles chargers Never a doubt, right? Big play, Zay. Isaiah Johnson with two pass breakups to seal the deal for the Raiders. Yet it looked like the Chargers were gonna win. All scoring plays are reviewed, and clearly the ball not in the grips of the Los Angeles Chargers. They dropped to two and six, although highly competitive. Raiders moved to five and three, making it a victory Monday. Second Monday in a row that we're having victory Monday. First time this year. That the Las Vegas Raiders have won back to back football games on on the road, so huge huge job done by the by the Las Vegas Raiders, road warriors if you will, four and one on the road. The back to back wins coming back home now to face the Denver Broncos on Sunday afternoon here in Las Vegas, and after this game, the Raiders find themselves five and three. And well in the mix, where I'm not going to talk a high amount about playoffs. It's only Week 10. We're on the back stretch now. A lot of games left to play, and a lot of things can happen. But you have to talk about, just a little bit, the playoff tree, right? And that's what we're going to do here first to start it. In the AFC, the Pittsburgh Steelers should be absolutely ashamed of themselves as they barely beat the atrocious Dallas Cowboys. But the Steelers are still 8-0. You have the Chiefs at 8-1, who we play in two weeks on Sunday night football. It's going to be extremely to catch them to win the AFC West because of how good Kansas City is. But we do play them on Sunday night in two games. You have the Buffalo Bills, who the Raiders have already lost to. They're 7-2. and two. The Titans, the Raiders don't play this year. They're 6-2. and two. Baltimore don't have a game against them. They're 6-2. There we are at the sixth seed at 5-3, with the Miami Dolphins at 5-3 and three, right behind us who we have a Week 16 game against this year at home against Tua. It's far it's far along the schedule. We know that. This is exactly why I didn't want to dive into it too much. But if the Raiders keep winning football games, they got Denver on Sunday, followed by Kansas City, and then the Raiders do have the second easiest remaining schedule in the National Football League. Jets, Falcons, Colts, um, and Miami Dolphins, Denver again. These are games that the Raiders should be likely to win, and that Raiders-Dolphins game in Week 16 could be having a lot of playoff implications. But let's not get too far ahead. Just wanted to let our listeners know and the Raider Nation know that, hey, as of now, you're in the playoffs. Time to control your own destiny and get ready for more big games, more big wins, so we can keep having these awesome victory Mondays. When the Raiders win on Sunday, It just gives your week a little bit more positivity, doesn't it, Raider Nation? You're just feeling a little bit more swagger, a little bit more well put together. You go about your week with a smile on your face because, you know, what you've been waiting for all week, you got a Raiders win. They were able to execute their game plan. But I will tell you this, it didn't look that way in the first half. The Raiders took a while to warm up, and I'll be honest. um, I'll I'll face the music, if you will. My predictions didn't go the way I thought. I said Henry Ruggs would have about eight catches in this game. He didn't really. have eight catches. In fact, he wasn't even targeted eight times. Um, He touched the ball about twice. He had an end around for a gain of 11. That was exciting to see. But still, Henry Ruggs not really getting involved on the outside as a wide receiver. And it looks like Derek Carr is falling in love with Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar with another touchdown on a year that he has been so good in. The breath of fresh air the highly documented problems he had in Philadelphia have seemingly now gone away and Nelson Aguilar easily becoming one of Derek Carr's favorite targets. They did all the work in the off season. It showed in the little camp that we had and it came right away in the game against the Carolina Panthers again against the saints all year long, every single game, Nelson Aguilar has made a big play. He had a beautiful catch off the arm of Derek Carr, two catches, 55 yards, and the touchdown. Can't forget about Darren Waller, though. And what I love about Darren Waller at this point in this season, at this point in his career, too, is when you look at 2019, he had a crazy amount of catches, a crazy amount of targets, a lot of yards, only three touchdowns. But he was a tight end, truly playing a wide receiver spot because of how weak we were at the wide receiver position. Now Darren Waller can settle in and be a tight end, where he's not going to get you know, the same crazy amount of catches as we saw last year every single game. But we're running the ball so well with Josh Jacobs and Devontae Booker that when we go to throw, Carr can look for Aguilar. He can look for Renfro. Hopefully he can start looking more towards Henry Ruggs and when Brian Edwards comes back, right? Darren Waller can focus on solely being a tight end and not having to come out too far outside and make too much of a big play because we are seeing after this game Carr, is playing some of his best football that he has in his entire career, and he can spread the wealth very well and even do it on the run as he had a beautiful 53-yard bomb rolling to his right. It was one of the best throws of the entire season from Derek. It was definitely one of the best best throws on Sunday. He completed that ball to Hunter Renfro for 53. Renfro had no touchdowns in this game, but he had two catches for 60 yards. And it just goes to show that this wide receiving core is clicking. We still have Darren Waller, who you can rely on, but it is nice to have Nelson Aguilar come over to the Raider Nation, put on the silver and black, and perform at a high level that he has because it's only helping probably one of our best targets in the offense, Darren Waller, get better. Um, He still was targeted 10 times yesterday, but as Aguilar keeps making an impact, hopefully rug soon, Josh Jacobs is going to do his thing. Now we have Devontae Booker. Waller is going to remain a sneaky threat as we get through the season. But I kind of alluded to Devontae Booker. He scored the first points in this game for the Las Vegas Raiders, and Devontae Booker has been outstanding. Last year, I had thought one of the key problems for the Raiders' offense was depth at the running back position. We lost Josh Jacobs for a couple games, and as a fan and coming at it from the aspect of, well, if I was the GM, let me play Madden Franchise for a minute. If I was the GM, I got to have a guy behind Josh Jacobs to where – I'm not giving Jacobs 31-33 carries every game because that's just not going to help his longevity. Derrick Henry is a different kind of beast. He can carry it 31-33 times every single game. Not every running back can do that. I don't want to put Josh Jacobs in that position. This was a beautiful game of running the football, getting behind the tackles, and just playing smash-mouth ball. When you have Devontae Booker who can carry it eight times for 68 yards and a touchdown, huge volumes will speak for Josh Jacobs because Jacobs can still get his 14 carries. He'll still score, and he'll still have about 68 yards, if not more, on any given Sunday. The Raiders are running the ball so well, and you got to mention how good this offensive line has been. Even without Trent Brown, we're going to be without him for some time, and even without Richie Incognito, who hopefully we get back in the uh, game Sunday against Denver. But Colton Miller missed his first game in his NFL career, so his knee is definitely bothering him. It's something that the Raiders have to take more seriously. But all in all, this offensive line that has yet to have that Fab Five, if you will, that offensive line has yet to have Colton Miller, Richie Incognito, Rodney Hudson, Gabe Jackson, and Trent Brown for a full game. We're yet to have that do, that you know, team down there in the trenches. We're working with Brandon Parker, who's had a resurgence in his career under Tom Cable. Denzel Good, who's looked great. Sam Young was awesome yesterday. I mean, we're looking really good running the football and keeping Derek Carr protected, even without the Fab Five, if you will, the ferocious five, if you will, down there in the trenches. So you can't help but imagine how good is the Raiders' run game and offense just in general going to be when they have Brown, Miller, and Incognito all down there in the trenches doing their jobs and hopefully we get Richie and Colton back for Sunday. Um, Trent, it will be about a month. If the Raiders are still in the playoff mix, still in playing in very important games towards the end of December, we very well could have Trent Brown playing in very highly important games that will have playoff implications. We can only hope, but as of now, victory Monday, Raiders beat the Los Angeles Chargers. Let's take a look at this game, man. First half, my prediction the one prediction that I did kind of hit on the head was it was going to be high scoring. Raiders went 31-26. Big um, third quarter from the Raiders. They dropped 14 points, both back-to-back Derek Carr passing touchdowns to Aguilar um, and Darren Waller getting in the end zone. Derek had 165 yards, was 13 for 23, didn't have an interception, but he did fumble. And fumbling has been an awkward problem for Derek this year. He's fumbled quite a few times. This fumble, though you can kind of put on John Gruden's shoulders, and here's why. It's 14-14. to 14. We're on our way to halftime. I understand you're trying to be competitive because in the game against the New England Patriots, 25-second drive in a two-minute drill to go get more points and keep the game close going into half against New England. This game, Gruden looking to do the same thing. I love the aggressiveness, but, man, we're very far away Derek drops back out of the gun. He's looking to get the ball downfield to hopefully set up Darren Carlson to make the game 17-14. But Derek gets strip-sacked. And it's almost after the first play, which was a screen to Hunter Renfro that didn't go too far, you're kind of thinking, well, maybe get a run here, or maybe just knee it. You know, don't get injured before half. We're getting the ball back anyways. And the worst-case scenario happened. It wasn't an injury, but it was a strip-sack. And now John Gruden sees... The Chargers execute the plan that he was willing to that he was willing to improvise on the um, Los Angeles Chargers, which was getting three points and going into halftime with the lead, and it put up a 17-point second quarter for the Los Angeles Chargers, where they were coming into halftime thinking, "Wow, we got the Raiders on the back foot. We're going in with the lead." But man, did that first drive out of the second half really speak volumes? Derek Carr, huge throws. He was running again. Derek Carr running the ball, leaping over guys. He had two carries for 14 yards. He averaged seven each time, and he was making plays with his legs. Great job by Derek. Really doing the most here, really commanding the huddle. Derek Carr playing some of the best football that he has. He's extremely healthy right now, and the Raider Nation is behind him. Last year was a lot of hot and cold with Derek Carr, but right now it's feeling good. I don't see a lot of negativity that you could put towards Derek Carr. With the strip sack not necessarily being on him, it was the aggressiveness of John Gruden and just a blindside hit. It would happen to me, it would happen to you if you were in there getting NFL-level defensive linemen hitting you. I mean, you can't really put that all on Derek, but Gruden's got to make a better call there. Later in the game, Gruden staying Somewhat aggressive, letting Derek take the deep shots, but really just, again, the running the ball, getting behind this offensive line and pounding away. The Raiders did it so well, and it really helped them win this football game because they relied on it when they needed it most. So we came into the second half, big third quarter for the Raiders, but, man, the fourth, it got down to the wire. Justin Herbert, a really good improvising rookie quarterback, doing what he can on the run, making the Raiders' defense look really bad. And the problem with the Raiders' defense in this game was the tackling. Just unable to tackle in the open field one-on-one. A lot of missed tackles in this football game. A total of six missed tackles. Not good quality football defensively, especially when you turn on this game, you see a lot of plays of Herbert checking the ball down to Josh Kelly or Kalen Balazs, who was a bowling ball for the Bolts on Sunday. We're just unable to wrap these guys up at the point of where they catch the ball. Extremely frustrating to watch. And Corey Littleton, we need to talk about Corey Littleton a bit. Here's a guy who does not have any injuries. Corey Littleton's fine. And I'm starting to question if Corey Littleton was a product of playing on a really good Rams defense. Because that easily can be the case. Corey Littleton was the highest graded cover linebacker in the NFL last year. He's been completely roasted the entire year in coverage he has not helped yesterday he allowed five catches he gave up 38 yards he allowed about 66 percent of those catches not good enough he missed statistically it says he only missed one tackle but it felt like he missed three or four key ones unable to get to justin herbert when herbert's really running around on the play that he got injured the touchdown neighbors unable to wrap him up there Same again, Tyrod Taylor on a two-point conversion. Farrell misses, Crosby misses, um, Littleton misses. Finally, Nick Kwiatkowski able to stick him at the two-yard line, but Corey Littleton missing so many tackles and unable to cover. And the way Corey Littleton is playing is this. Paul Gunther needs to be fired. Paul Gunther needs to be removed of his duties as the defensive coordinator. But the way Corey Littleton is playing has nothing to do with the scheme of Paul Gunther. He can't cover, and he can't tackle. He had a key play there that kept the Chargers in the game that led to a Justin Herbert touchdown to neighbors where he's holding on Hunter Henry on a play where the ball's definitely going to go to 86 in the end zone. Corey holds him at the line of scrimmage, and it just shows a lack of confidence that Corey Littleton has right now in his ability to play the linebacker position. He wasn't doing these things when he was with the Los Angeles Rams, which questions... Was he just an average player on an amazing defense? What defense was he on, people? Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Brockers, um, Leonard Floyd, Troy Hill. These are all really good players. He was on the defense where they still had Weddle. I mean, he might have very well been a product of a good defense coordinator, Wade Phillips, and countless pro bowlers on that expensive Rams defense. He might have just been the winkest link that teams were able to target. And he was able to step up and say, hey, I'm just as good because the Raiders saw it on film. And when you put on Corey Littleton's film over his two years in Los Angeles, it's like, yeah, that's the guy the Raiders need, a great cover linebacker and a hard hitter. He had a multiple forced fumbles last year. He hasn't been able to do any of that. And I think Corey needs to watch the tape, get in the weight room, make a tackle, man, be better one-on-one in the open field. It is crucial that we get these tackles, and Corey has not held up to the end of his bargain on that lucrative contract. If you would have told me Nick Kowalski, um, or Kowalski, excuse me, would be the better of the two, I would have started questioning whether we should pay Corey as much as we did. But here we are, and now it's just time to keep putting faith in Corey and have him get better. I think that when it comes to Being a victim in a terrible scheme that Paul Gunther has this defense in, Corey Littleton's not a victim of it. Corey Littleton's just bad right now. Um, Do I want him to get better? Of course. Corey was great for the Rams. He needs to get better for the Raiders. But players that are falling victim to the scheme of Paul Gunther are Jonathan Abrams. We have a third and eight. Jonathan Abrams has got his nose on the line of scrimmage. Keenan Allen's just going to run right behind him with no one about 25 yards ahead of him, a lot of green. If Jonathan Abrams can just drop into coverage and make Herbert think twice, make the throw more difficult for Herbert to get it to Keenan Allen, have him lead him because now Abrams is dropping into coverage, we have a different story. Maybe Keenan's Kenan, going to catch the ball, but maybe he doesn't get the first. Maybe he doesn't get 30 yards. You know what I mean? That is just, a, that is just Abram balling victim to a bad defensive scheme by Paul Gunther. I said it last week on Victory Monday against the Browns, and I said it in the preview going into this game against the Chargers. Yes, statistically, the, the Browns game was the best that the Raiders' defense played. That doesn't tell me much. 42-mile-an-hour win in groupal weather. Rain, sleet, snow. And Baker Mayfield, who doesn't have the best arm. And the Browns belling out the Raiders of numerous drops. Yesterday was a perfect example that the Raiders' defense is not there. It's just not there. They have to be better. A lot left to be desired from the Raiders' defense, and it's not going to get easier as we get down the schedule where you play the Atlanta Falcons, who you know, lit the Denver defense on fire with Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. High-flying offense, and Matt Ryan will spread the wealth. Even against Denver, another tight end to worry about, Noah Fant. Jerry Judy versus Henry Ruggs, the battle that all Raider fans were looking forward to On draft day, we now see it on Sunday. Judy will put together a decent game, although I think he's not very good at holding on to the ball while he runs. He had a lot of problems doing so yesterday against the Falcons. Um, He had a fumble. The ball rolled out of bounds. Luckily for him, he just doesn't really grip the ball well, although he had a nice play in that game against the Falcons. But the point is the Raiders' defense is going to be continued to get manipulated if they can't tackle in the open field and they can't cover. Nevin Lawson has been a terrible corner his entire career as a Raider. He didn't help last year, and he's not really helping this year. But how about Isaiah Johnson, a third-round pick out of Houston, the Cougar? He was taken in the third round for a reason. He was waiting on his opportunity, and he had his opportunity. He was out there for 34 coverage snaps, and he won the game for the Raiders. He only allowed about 29 yards to be gained on him, and it was a Mike Williams catch that he caught and then was shoved out by Isaiah Johnson out of bounds. And then Herbert's thinking, well, I have my opportunity to manipulate a young guy that we haven't seen a lot of film on, puts it up there. And Isaiah broke up both of the passes. Isaiah Johnson should be seeing more time after a performance like that. He must've been making a ton of noise in practice because he's extremely fast and he's extremely gritty as we see in the two pass breakups. Awesome job by big plays a isaiah johnson and i'm excited to see what john gruden will do by putting him out there more and kind of moving on from nevin lawson i i would be all for it whoever has the hot hand the raiders might be getting damon arnett back sunday so we very well could see a trayvon mullen damon arnett and isaiah johnson being the three main corners on the field sunday against the denver broncos but all in all the raiders defense is the weakest link of this team. They are holding the Raiders back from being one of the better teams because this offense is outstanding for the Raiders. And like I had already said, still not yet healthy on the offensive line. Once we get all those big boys back in the trenches, the Raiders are going to be extremely dangerous when it comes to pounding the football down the throats of their opposition and then giving Derek Carr all the time in the world to trust his arm To throw to Nelson Aguilar, Darren Waller, hopefully more Henry Ruggs, Hunter Renfro, Brian Edwards coming back hopefully soon. It speaks volumes when you can establish the game on the ground. That's been John Gruden's MO his entire career as a coach. We saw it in Tampa Bay with Allstott, Cadillac Williams. We saw it again in his first tenure with the Raiders. Wheatley, Garner, these are big-name guys. Just need to keep getting healthy on the offensive side of the ball. And I'm telling you, Raider Nation, I'm not trying to be negative when it comes to how bad the defense is. I'm just going to put it simple. We saw a rookie in Justin Herbert, yet really good, carve us up for 326 yards, two touchdowns, 28 for 42. Kanan Allen, the most underrated wide receiver at 103 yards off nine catches, 11 targets, just getting absolutely toasted. And we let Justin Herbert look like he's done this many times before. Herbert, a very good rookie quarterback. You can almost make a debate on if you would rather have him or Joe Burrow. But we have ourselves a good batch of young rookie quarterbacks in the NFL with Tua Burrow and Herbert. And Herbert, you can make the argument on if you would want him to be yours to start a franchise. We made him look like he's done it three, four times already in his career, coming down the field to potentially win the game. And it was sickening the lack of tackling and just the scheme, not being able to put the guys in the right position in this game on Sunday. And it almost costs us for about an hour removed from the game. I was so excited. Hey, we won. We're five and three, but it almost felt like we lost because Alec Engle got hurt. I'm thinking about, well, that's going to be a little bit of a problem. If he's unable to play these big games against Denver and Kansas city, because he's so good and helps out Josh Jacobs and Devonte Booker so much. And just the fact that for a second, for a second, it was a Chargers win by the score of 33-31 or 32-31, whatever it may have ended with. For a second, the Raiders were 4-4, four and four, and this entire show on Victory Monday would have been a completely different topic. Starting with number one, it wouldn't have been a Victory Monday. The Raiders would have fell victim to the Los Angeles Chargers. They will meet again Thursday night football, week 15, far down the road. And Herbert, he's probably only going to get better. And the Raiders... They have to fix the issues on defense. But Raider Nation, let's be excited on Victory Monday. Let's get ready to go into Sunday to take on Drew Locke and the Denver Broncos that have now moved to a record of 3-5. and five. We will see you on Sunday at Allegiant and hopefully again on Victory Monday. I'm Brandon Steele. Thank you for listening to Steel Talks Raiders on the Rebel Report podcast.